0: Welcome to the Locked On Steelers Podcast. I am Tony Serino, alongside Christopher Carter, and this is your Daily Dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, Chris and I are talking about all the roster moves the Steelers had to make over the weekend to address some of the injury concerns, especially at the wide receiver position. We're also going to talk about the fallout from the Miles Garrett-Mason-Rudolph skirmish during Thursday's game. All the suspensions have been given out now. Chris and I will give you our opinions on those suspensions and we'll also recap the Sunday that was in the NFL and where this puts the Steelers now with the Ravens winning again and the Raiders Texans Colts and Bills all being ahead of the Steelers right now in the playoff race welcome to the show you can find more of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify the Himalaya app Wherever you find podcasts, search Locked On Steelers. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure to get your daily dose. You can follow us on Twitter at L-O Steelers. You can find us on Facebook. Search Locked On Steelers. Hit like on the Facebook page. But make sure you also join the Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Steelers. All right, Chris, how was your weekend?
1: It was eventful. Lots of things happened. I am tired. It's Monday, and I shouldn't feel like this.
0: <laughs> it was an eventful weekend. Uh, especially for the Steelers in this kind of fallout from the whole Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph thing, but also just the fallout from that Browns game with all the, the moves that they had to make over the weekend to fill roster spots. Let's start today with, with that. We'll start today with some news and notes and go over kind of all the moves that the Steelers have made in the past 72 hours since we last spoke. Ryan Switzer is now on injured reserve, so he is done for the year with that back injury. The Steelers released J. Elliot Elliott and Tony Brooks James. Uh, Tevin Jones was brought up from the practice squad. That happened right before Thursday's game. He played in the game, actually caught a pass or two. Uh, obviously, Deontay Johnson and Juju are going to be in the concussion protocol. James Conner, his status at this point, I guess you could say is at best, up in the air. And the Steelers signed two players. Deion Kane, who last played for the Colts. He's a wide receiver from Clemson. And running back, Kareth White. A, a player from FAU who has not been on the NFL roster during the regular season, but uh, he is now a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris, let's start with uh switcher to IR and the status here of just the wide receiver group in general. Obviously, on, on Thursday night, this was a big part of it. You know, The fact that uh, Deontay Johnson was down and Juju was down, you know, it just meant that that wide receiver group was James Washington and Johnny Holton and, uh, and Tevin Jones, Going forward now, that the all eyes are going to be on Deontay Johnson and Juju, and how quickly they can get out of the concussion protocol. And then the other thing we should talk about here is the punt return situation. Without you know, if Deontay Johnson stays in concussion protocol, you have to imagine what boy with the hit that he took that he will um, he might even miss this game. It does bring up you know who who returns punt at this point. It was Cam Sutton. Your your thoughts just overall, generally speaking, where the Steelers are right now at wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I mean they are in dire straits. Uh, like like we were saying before. This is why they brought six receivers, you know, into the season, uh, because you know they were, they've been here before. This is back. This is 2016 AFC Championship game time. I mean, they had Antonio Brown, but they were their next best receiver was broken hand Sammy Coates or Kobe Hamilton or Darius Hayward Bay. Yeah, you know, that's the you know it's sometimes you got to deal with nightmare situations, and this is one of them. And and, and now they don't have a you know uh, an Antonio Brown. Juju is the number one. Deontay Johnson's the number two, both, you know, are in concussion protocol. You can't trust that either of them are going to be back this week, though. The 10 day break does give you some optimism. Maybe something can happen. Um, You know, Mason Rudolph, you know, said he was ready to go uh, within six days of his being knocked out by the, uh, um, yeah, the Ravens by the Ravens. Yeah. So, I mean, and he didn't play, but you know, he said he felt like he could go. So there's, there's some, some options there, but, the fact of the matter is that right now they are very slim. Uh, Deion Kane, to me, is just another kind of version of Johnny Holton. He ran a 4-3-6 um, or 4-4-3, sorry, 4-4-3 at Clemson, um, out of Clemson. So he's a guy that I think they're just putting out there like, hey, just go be speed, go make big plays. They're going to try and give Mason maybe some chances like, hey, just if you get the simple read, you get the one-on-one, take the shot. Uh, Just like they were doing with Johnny Holton in the only drive that they scored against the Browns this past week. Um, But I think this puts a huge emphasis on James Washington, he's gonna have to rise up even more than he has been arguably you could say he's had the best weeks of of the receivers over the past few few uh, games. so uh, you know, but it's a tough spot. Tevin Jones, I thought, I thought he made a good catch over the middle, Tony, and you know, you, you know, you and I were talking about him during the during the training camp. I, I really like the way that he's played. I think that he could be an asset to the team, and I, uh, you know, I think, and I think they, they'll be happy to keep. They'll be happy that they kept him around. But he's still not a threat that's going to scare anybody. He's still not a guy that's not that's going to be a supreme playmaker. He'll make the catch, a, a catch here and there, but. This is, this is a really rough spot. I think they're just very fortunate that they're playing this game. If it had to be a road game, if there's anywhere you'd want to play, it's Paul Brown Stadium where you've been a million times against a Bengals team that has that, that just been futile in their attempts, and you got 10 days to prepare for it.
0: You're right. I mean, in that way, it's not as bad as it could be, right? This isn't. Uh, you know, if this were going up against the Bills or you know what are those two or, or, or if this were going to Arizona or something like that, it could be a lot no. worse. Uh, but it, it, I mean, it can't be a lot worse. We just look at the roster as it is today at wide receiver. I mean, you talk about Tevin Jones, and yes, you know uh, uh, he is a a nice player coming up from the practice squad, but um, you know, just just not the playmaker. Even that a guy like Deontay Johnson is this young. In his career, Deion Kane, you you brought up the the comparison to Johnny Holton. I think it's exactly right. Johnny Holton has 13 targets this year. He has one catch on the year. Deion Kane, he played for the Colts earlier this year. 14 targets from the Colts, just four catches on the year. Uh, So these are guys that, you know, at this point, just having a hard time uh, hanging on to the football when it's thrown to them or or getting balls thrown to them that are catchable. Um, We'll see. Look, I, I think if. Especially you know Juju is on social media, so you can follow him a lot. And you, you, you following him this weekend, it did seem like he is you know it, it's hard to tell from social media, but it does seem like he's okay. Um, so we'll see. He, he certainly you have to be more optimistic about Juju than you do about Deontay Johnson. I think we'll see probably some Deion Kane in this game just because of the the sheer numbers at wide receiver. The other guy, Chris Kareth White, is an yeah. interesting prospect. Because of where the Steelers are right now at running back, no Benny Snell. Not not sure when he's going to be available to come back. Obviously, James Conner and the setback that he suffered on Thursday. He has ten days to come back, and you know he was looked like he was close to being able to play fully in that game. Maybe back a, a game too early. But Kareth White brings something to this team that they really haven't had, which is that kind of game-breaking speed at the running back position. It's interesting to me. He was a guy coming out of college. Um, I think the Steelers had him in for a pre-draft visit, and his speed was obviously the thing that everyone talked about. The the Steelers just haven't had this kind of running back in a while.
1: No, yeah, and I think that might be what I mean. That's what they, kind of what they were going for with uh, with Tony Brooks James. He he was a little bit quicker and, and a guy that they could try to use in different ways. Um, I yeah, I think that the, it, it could be a change of pace. But right now they're looking for bodies, man. I mean,
0: yeah,
1: they're 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 because here's the thing: is that you got you got Jalen Samuels, who's a decent catcher of the football out of the backfield but he's not spectacular at anything right now. Um, I think Damon Samuels also, they were expecting him to make a James Conner-like leap, not in his total production, but at least in his pass protection. And he hasn't done that. Yeah, hasn't uh, gotten there yet. Uh, and in fact, uh, the sack fumble... That Rudolph had that you know that bounced back several yards. That was directly on Jalen Samuels in my book. The, they they the Browns overloaded the left side. He sort of saw it, but he wasn't sure about where to commit. And when they got to him, they pushed him back into Rudolph, and that caused the problem. Um, I, and I think this is kind of like you know what this this move is for the Steelers. It's like all right, you know if we if we can't if we can't get playmakers you know we maybe we can get some speed guys that can bust loose and maybe make some, one guy miss and you know get a get an easy touchdown on the board for us because if they're not going to pass protect uh and, and let's face it Betty Snell and James Conner are the guys that you can at least say would ideally ideally contend in pass protection and both of them have been unavailable so i, I do think it's an interesting move um but i think the Steelers the, this is the right now they're just trying to they're trying to they're trying to figure out how they're going to be. I mean, and and I think the four three six. I was thinking of that was Kareth White Carath J- White Junior's time. So, um, that was so. I mean, he is fast. He is quick. Uh, and I mean, and, and honestly, you know, that may be the one thing the Steelers need in in, in a situation. You know, you're not you're not saying this guy's going to get you know average four yards a pop or turn into Willie Parker here, but if you can get a guy who like when James Conner early in the game he gets a, he gets a, he gets isolated with greedy williams and he gets tackled in open space and that was just so bad if you get a guy who's fast and can make that make that one guy miss in greedy williams and then be on his horse and turn in the turn on that that burner speed tony that can turn into a touchdown and it's those type of plays that can break open your offense and yes. say all right this gets us a break now we don't have to you know have an 80 yard drive with 20 plays and, you know, and, and, and all these different checkdowns. we just, we, we hit a home run, that kind of stuff will take the pressure off of Mason Rudolph.
0: No, and we've talked about this, right? Is how how much this offense has really relied on the defense to give it short fields and give it momentum and that kind of thing. And and you know, looking at that game on Thursday and the problems that they had and, and really what they went to, right? We talked about the kind of the Joe Flacco ness of the offense of just kind of heave it deep and, and hope for pi or just hope for a big play. I mean, I don't ha- I don't hate these moves, right? You talked about Deion Kane, the sprint, the speed that he brings to the table. Uh, he ran four four in the combine. Kareth White four three seven. So yeah, look, add some big play type players to this offense. Hope that that leads to, you know, some big plays offensively. Because this this right now is just not an offense that's capable of putting together consistent drives that end in points. Um, so if they can get some splash plays to help that, like you said, I think that's absolutely what this offense needs right now. Uh, you know, because of where it is with its playmakers, guys like Connor and Juju and Johnson being down with injury. All right, uh, we're going to go to break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the fallout from the Mason Rudolph-Miles Garrett situation. Suspensions have been handed down by the NFL. We'll talk about those right after this break. Hey, before we continue, I want to let you guys know about Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready when the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online. It ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so there's no in-person doctor visit there's no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships directly, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for listeners of Locked On Steelers. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Chris, so last we talked, it was right after the game, so we were kind of reacting live to the whole Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph uh, skirmish there on the field. The NFL was pretty swift in handing down the punishments, uh, specifically the suspensions. Uh, They came down pretty much the day after. Miles Garrett got an indefinite suspension, although the NFL says that he'll be suspended for at least six games in the playoffs and he'll have to apply for reinstatement. Thereafter, Marquise Pouncy got three games. Uh, that was for the the punches that he threw, and then obviously the kick uh, or the multiple kicks he threw at Miles Garrett. Larry Ogunjobi, the player who pushed down Mason Rudolph after the fact, got one game. The Steelers and Browns were both fined two hundred and fifty thousand dollars apiece, and there are probably more. In fact, I think there are guaranteed to be more fines coming. They haven't been handed down at the recording of this podcast, but certainly Mason Rudolph will get some sort of fine. I've also heard that they're going to be fining players who left the benches uh, for both teams, so more fines coming. But, Chris, let's just start with this. Miles Garrett, the indefinite suspension. You know, Mike Pereira, the night of the game, was saying, boy, the NFL probably going to go with four games here because that's generally speaking what they've done in the past. You know, they went harsher than that. They went with the full season like you and I had talked about that night, um, and they went with an indefinite suspension, meaning that now, he could be suspended for more than that, although I don't expect that'll be the case. But six games and the playoffs feels like you know some justice here uh, with the suspension.
1: Yeah, I, I think, again, this is about the NFL and public perception. They don't care about consistency or transparency. They saw how current and former players reacted after that incident and how so many players came out and said that, is unacceptable that cannot be a part of football he has to be suspended at least for the rest of the year maybe more and i think it was that consensus that you heard and there were dissenters there were defensive players who jumped to miles garrett's defense and said that mason Rudolph started it we'll get into that later um but uh but but by and large the nfl's i guess you know main personalities responded you know that this cannot happen in a football game and it really can't if you, if, you, if that if that was to be something that happened you know even once a year from this point out like if it only happened to one player one time a year for, for the next 20 years it would be too much and eventually someone is going to suffer a major injury from it that could result in some serious problems so uh yeah, I, I just I think that they that they got it right with with with, uh, with Miles Garrett. Um, Ogunjobi, I think also because uh, honestly, if I'm looking at that play, I'm looking at like what are you doing? Like there's absolutely nothing that you're doing that is ethical or contributing or protecting your teammate. You went after and pushed a Mason Ruff whose hands were in the air and not doing anything, and you pushed him in the back to the ground
0: after seeing him get struck in the head with a helmet right yeah that's the right. crazy part of that is like you've just watched him get attacked by a helmet and your thought is to run over and push him back down to the ground
1: and, and he's yeah. very fortunate that James Washington and Matt Filer and again this, I think this this speaks to the composure of the Steelers James Washington and Matt Filer they get in front of him they push him like you know they tell him to back off, but they don't swing they right. don't and James Washington that's his boy. That that's that's his that's his college teammate for life and they're bros and everything and they, they they do their stuff together so you know him seeing that you know James watching it and it, it was kind of clear after the game when you heard some of the players they didn't see it they didn't see Mason get hit right away but they did see it there was a pile up and then they did see Mason get knocked down and that's what brought some of them back but yeah. not everyone saw it live and that's how it happens on the football field you don't you're not seeing everything play out all over the place um, but. You know, it, it could have been much worse had those guys, you know, done. You know, you know, they had they start throwing punches, and then everyone gets on the field, and then it's an even uglier mess than it was. And as hard as it's believed that 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 could have happened, so I believe those were justified. I pouncing getting a three-game suspension, Tony. I think he deserved to be suspended. He shouldn't have kicked the guy. The punches, like I said, I'm okay with the punches. You know, you know, you see that happening. And, and the thing was, is that David DeCasher, Everyone's like, well, David DeCasher had a handle. Well, David DeCastro was trying to handle it, but Miles Garrett is, is a superhuman being and was and, and it was while he was in the grasp of DeCastro that he hit Rudolph on the head with his helmet. So I get uh, Pouncey's rush to, 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 to throw punches to knock the guy down. But once he was down and subdued, there was no reason to kick him. That deserved a suspension. I, I don't know about three games, two games I get. Um, so we'll see. We are supposed to hear back from the appeals by Wednesday. And then we'll see if any of the the, the, the punishments get shortened. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't hold my, my breath, you know, because the NFL is, has often just kind of said, yeah, we're doing what we want. Um, but certainly a huge part of this is just how it's fallen out and how it's been talked about across the league.
0: I, I'm going to say this. I, I think this is the one time I can remember in NFL history they got it 100% right in my book, 100%. Mm. Miles Garrett indefinite suspension for the rest of the year, Good. He's gone. And the reinstatement thing means that, you know, they can, if they want to do anything, they could, you know, wait until someday in June to say, okay, now you're reinstated before, you know, when no one's looking. uh, You know, I don't think anyone's going to be upset. That you know that he's only you know he only got suspended six games. I think it's a it's a good suspension for him. Hurts him. Hurts the Browns. Uh, the pouncy. Well, I, let me. The Ogunjobi one. I, I was I was a big guy, uh, big on this on uh, on Thursday, saying that I think Ogunjobi, even though pushing a player down to the ground, not normally gonna get you a, a suspension. You know, given the context of of when it happened, what he had just seen, everything that had occurred. Uh, I like that suspension as well. Uh, the part, and then even the Pouncey suspension. Look, you know, I I, I was pretty sure Pouncey was going to get some sort of suspension, and you had to feel like the NFL wanted to avoid Marquise Pouncey playing in the second matchup. And so three games, which probably gets reduced to two when he appeals, means that you know he's he's going to miss the second Browns game, and that even in my book, also um, also a, a perfectly fine. Suspension in this one and then Mason Rudolph gets fined which I think is exactly what should have happened now people are calling for Mason Hey, you know, he started the whole thing. He should get suspended I'm, sorry, but and we said this on Thursday if the fight stops when Mason Rudolph's helmet gets ripped off by miles Garrett If that's all that happens right they, they get put they get pulled apart nothing happens from that point miles Garrett never swings It's fines for both guys. That's what's happening. Neither one is getting suspended, so I'm not going to hold Mason Rudolph accountable for the fact that Mason for the fact that Miles Garrett swung a helmet at him. Right, I'm not going to punish Mason Rudolph after the fact. Say, well, you know what you did led to another guy swinging a helmet at you, so I got to suspend you for a game as well. I'm just not going to do that. If if the fight had ended there, Mason Rudolph gets a gets a fine. He'll get a fine now. Um, and and Chris, I think I think the NFL they actually got one right. They actually got one right.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think Mason being being fined makes sense, you know, because he did he was involved in the altercation and did participate. Look,
0: I might even go as far as to say, yeah, I mean, look, he was part of it starting right. If you want to say he started it, fine. Yes, he went when he gets knocked to the ground, he's mad, he's trying to rip Miles Garrett's helmet off. Fine, these things happen in the NFL. Fine him for it right. and move on, you know. But he's not right. <laughs> the the whole Mason started it. You know, he's he's to blame for it. The, that crowd, I'm not with it.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. That's, I think that, I think that's some somewhat of the anti-Steelers bias that is in the NFL and that does exist. You know, as many people want to say, Oh, it doesn't, but um, they can kick rocks. It does. We've seen it. That's why Donnie Shell's not in the hall of fame. Um, but, you and a, a number of other things, but, you know, looking at this, I, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that, you know, and I was, I was, I was talking, I was on the Adam Crowley show on Friday and, um, the uh the producer of the show shirtless tom had made a great point he said had had miles garrett just simply removed mason rudolph's helmet and then after they were separated when mason rudolph charged him if he had just backed off and chucked mason rudolph helmet and then like went to the stands and was like get you know celebrating with them he would have came off looking like a hero He would have been like, man, we just kicked the Steelers' butts. We just laid the smack down, and here they are. Here's Mason Ruff, their quarterback, crying about about a hit. And everyone would be talking about how Mason looked like a punk and how Miles Garrett looks like a hero. And And the talk the next morning would be, man, the Browns really kicked the snot out of the Steelers. It wouldn't be. Wow, we've never seen anything like this, and, and and it's just it's a horrible decision, and it shows a lack of composure on the part of his part, and I mean, i'm part of the the Browns because it wasn't just him that was doing these things throughout the game. So, um, I, I certainly look at this, and I'm like, man, they they, they I think the NFL did get one right. Um, I, I think it was I think it was by accident, or I think it was because they 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 listened to other people. They didn't make they didn't just go into a room and say, yeah, we think this. I think that they they pay attention to what their what what the media personalities were saying, what the players were saying, and they said, "All right, we we can't we can't let this stand because if we do, what what are we what are we saying to everyone in the league?"
0: Well, that we need Al Riveron to check Twitter and some of his PI calls because uh, the one the one earlier today, we're recording this on on Sunday night, the one earlier today on, on DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, what yeah. why is but why is pass interference still reviewable? Are we I mean, are we what are we doing here? Just make it so that you can't review it anymore because uh, every time it goes to to replay. You know you already know the result they're not overturning anything that happens on the field no matter how egregious it is uh someone said today chris that they uh, it, it may be that if the nfc championship game play happened identically they, they may not overturn that with the way replay is going with well Leone yeah right now
1: yeah. you know the very the very play they created this rule to fix yeah they it would would probably not be fixed because they don't, aren't, or they aren't applying the rule, unless it's Terrell Edmonds against the Seahawks and costing the Steelers a huge win. But um, you know, that's that's I haven't let that go yet, Tony. <laughs> you, have not. you have not. All right. Man, well, but, actually,
0: let's go to break. Let's go one more break, yeah. and then we'll come back and we'll we'll recap the whole Sunday that was, uh, where this puts the Steelers now at five and five in the AFC. We'll talk about that right after this break. All right Chris, so let's recap the Sunday that was. It was not a great Sunday for the Steelers, of course. You know, the Steelers fans were all cheering for the Houston Texans to beat the Baltimore Ravens to keep some sort of hope alive in the AFC North. Now, you can't say that the door is completely slammed shut cuz I mean, we would have said the same thing, or some of us were saying the same thing at 0 3, and now here the Steelers are, and I know it doesn't look great after a loss to the Cleveland Browns uh, and getting them back to 5 and 5, but the door is still slightly open, Chris, uh with the Ravens now at 8 and 2, but Certainly the Ravens don't look like a team that's going to go on a losing streak anytime
1: soon. I mean, they kicked the living snot out of, out of the, uh, the Texans 41 to seven. You know, I, I had that game as a coin flip and I was thinking like, you know, if the Texans come the right way, they can give the, the, the Ravens some troubles. Uh, you know, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson can take over and, uh, you know, maybe get some big plays. Deandre Hopkins is a bad man. And uh, none of that seemed to matter. Now, yeah, sure, Marlon Humphrey got away with a big pass interference on uh, Hopkins in the end zone, and maybe that changes the course of the game a little bit. But at the end of the day, they 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 destroyed the Texans. And Lamar Jackson, uh, I, I know Tony, you you've been making it public that you think that he's running back. That guy that guy's balling.
0: You know, he's listen. He, I, I, no, I. Look, he, he is MVP for me right now. I know people say you know Russell Wilson is MVP or Dak is MVP. You cannot tell me that if you took Lamar Jackson out of that offense, that that team would be even remotely close to how good they are. That is a Lamar Jackson led team. He is incredible. Yep. What he has done to the NFL, and I said this before, the whole zigging, you know, he, they're zagging whenever everyone else is zigging. It, it's incredible how quickly the the script has flipped in the NFL, and a team like the the Ravens can come in. And and just change everything offensively. Um, and basically, look, I don't want to say they revolutionized the game because we use that we use that uh, too flippantly at times. But man, he is what he is doing is is certainly changing the game this year. Um, and, and it's it's a team that is so hard to beat. You know, you have to you have to come with your eyes dotted and your t's crossed defensively, or you are going to get ripped up by Lamar Jackson. And he's doing that on a weekly basis. I mean, look, the most impressive one was when he did it to the to the uh, the New England Patriots. So. Um, yeah, I, this is a team that, you know, right now, you know, the Steelers, the, I know Steelers fans can still hold out hope for a a division title. The the the, the wild card spot is, is probably all the Steelers can hope for at this point. The 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 Ravens are looking at a bye week, they're looking at home field advantage potentially. You know, they're looking like the the most dangerous team in the AFC right now, and I say that because of how well they match up against the New England Patriots if those two teams were to meet again in the AFC playoffs. Not going to be a fun game for Steeler fans to watch, by the way. I don't even know who Steeler fans would cheer for in that game. Who would rather watch in the Super Bowl? The Ravens or the Patriots?
1: Well, I think Steelers fans would be happy to see the Ravens take out the Patriots and stop them from getting seven Super Bowls, because it was as as agonizing as it was for a lot of fans to see them tie the Steelers. Seeing them pass the Steelers would be, uh, that that would be a hurt piece. Whereas the Ravens, they get three, and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, all right, good job, but... Um, you know, I, I think, I think people would rather stomach that. And, and also I, I think that there's a lot, it's a, the, the rivalry is a lot different than it used to be with the Ravens. You know, there's, there's a, there's more of a respect there because, you know, back when it was Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, there was respect, but there was a lot more hatred. There was a you know there were, the, there were the hard hits. There was the, there was the, you know, Terrell Suggs saying they're putting out a bounty on Heinz Ward. Uh, you know, the, those type of things that hasn't been part of the rivalry, quite some time. they've had plenty of close games they've had plenty of big plays and some trash talking here and there but at the end of the day it seems like those have kind of cooled off that's and that's kind of where you've seen the Bengals and the Browns go with their rivalries with uh with the Bravens and the Bengals and the Steelers because they're you know you know I mean we saw with the Browns this past week you've seen with the Bengals when they rose to power they they hated the Steelers they were always trying to to hurt them and they were always trying to you know talk talk trash and you know say how they were the better team it's I think that that factor is gone with the Ravens because they've kind of proven that they belong among the top of the AFC over the past ten years or so, and uh, so I think that the, the rivalry is still there. There's still ha- some hatred there, but I think that's there's a lot of there's a lot of respect there too. So I think Pittsburgh fans can, uh, you know, they, they they'll swallow their pride a bit. They'll be like, "Yep, it, the Baltimore did that," but. I think they would—they'd uh, much rather see Lamar Jackson and his crew get their their first crack at winning a Super Bowl than seeing Brady go for his seventh.
0: And then around the AFC, like just not a great week for the Steelers, and it's never going to be a great week when the Steelers lose, right? Because they went back to five and five, um, and the Bills move up to seven and three after beating the Dolphins, uh, and then the Colts, Texans, and Raiders now all six and four. And I mentioned the Texans there because now that the Colts and Texans are tied again. At six and four, the Colts actually move with the tiebreaker in the AFC South to the division lead, which puts the Texans in there as the wild card, and that, Chris, that kind of screws up the Steelers because they have that tiebreaker with the Colts, why we talked about that Colts game being such a big game in the AFC playoff picture. Not really going to matter, unfortunately, if the Colts end up winning that division, and it's the Texans that they have to beat. It'll go then to a conference record. Uh, and, then, of course, the Raiders at 6-4 and four now. They played the Bengals. Uh, the, the, the Raiders scheduled this coming up. just you know, It's an, it's an easy schedule at this point. So the Steelers uh, sit on the outside looking in at 5-5, five and five, uh, where the sixth seed right now is 6-4. and four.
1: Yeah, you look at that and you kind of think, man, the Steelers are really up against it. Um, You know, you got to think maybe the Bills are a place where they could catch up at because they get to play the Bills and the Bills still have to play the Cowboys and the Ravens and the Patriots. Uh, So those are four games where you're saying, hey, at least those are competitive teams that the Bills can play. And uh, if the Steelers handle their business, even if they drop another game, as long as they don't drop it to the Bills and, you know, and, and, you know, handle that. Then maybe there's a chance they could catch the Bills, but you're right; they do got to watch out because if the Colts win the division, that tiebreaker doesn't mean anything. Um, and the Texans they they have they have been up and down this season uh, much more than I thought they they would be. I thought with Deshaun Watson they would kind of you know you know smooth things out, but they've been struggling. And I mean, part of that you know also J.J. Watt being gone and like Jadavian Clowney they sent him away. Um, so you know there's there, there's things on defense that they're that they're not built to to handle right now. Um, but still, uh, certainly this is a much, you know, it's crazy how, you know, one week, everything can flip. And that's what I love about the NFL. You know, one week we're talking about, man, the Steelers have a really good shot. Maybe they could sneak the Ravens and win this division. And even if they don't, they got a really good position to win the wild card. And one week later, we're like, well, yep. Pack our bags, guys. This ain't happening. There's
0: always there's always next year. No, the one thing that I guess the one thing that's that's nice about this week is that the Ravens may have everything may have it all tied up by uh, by week 17, and so uh, maybe that game won't matter for the for the Ravens. Maybe they'll get a chance to play against the Ravens backups in that game. Although you got to wonder if John Harbaugh is going to you know, let's say the Steelers, it's a must win for the Steelers to get into the playoffs. Uh, would would John Harbaugh trot the starters out there just to mess up the Steelers? Yeah, but the
1: year? you also got to think even beyond that. They are one game behind the Patriots and the Patriots almost lost to the Eagles today. Imagine if you get down to week 17 and they're still one game behind the Patriots and they've beaten the Patriots. You got to play your starters because if you lost to the Steelers and the Patriots dropped their last game, you'd, you'd feel like idiots. So I, I, I fully expect that that race to still be in play. Even if they end up tying the Patriots, they got to make sure that they win that game. I, I don't, I wouldn't count on, John Harbaugh benching Lamar and, and his starters for Week 17, even if they already have a bye, because I think they want to make sure that, they're, that they'll, they'll force the Patriots to come back to m, m- Bank Stadium.
0: Yeah, no, this would this would be in a scenario where the Ravens are like a three-loss team and, and the, the Patriots are staying at as a one-loss team going in, right? So the, the two-seed for them is, is basically a foregone conclusion. Um, they have every, if, they, if they had that locked up, then the Steelers could maybe get the backups in Week 17. But like you said, I don't know if John Harbaugh would do it. Um, the Steelers at this point... Look, you know, before we start talking about playoffs again, and I know, look, at five and five, the playoffs. It's not like it's not like it's an outside chance. You know, they're still just one game back, but you know, they do have some things they have to work on as they get into this game against the Bengals. It's an easier opponent, right? This is a winless team. This is this is not a team that should be putting up a huge fight against the Steelers. Of course, the Steelers played them. Uh, a couple months back, and we're able to win using the Wildcat offense. So uh, if it was that easy, then we'll see what happens this Sunday, this time around with Ryan Finley at quarterback, not Andy Dalton. We'll have we'll do a big preview of that throughout the week. Before then, Chris, let people know where they can find your work. As always,
1: find me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Wherever you follow me, I'll follow you back. Hit me with a DM, I'll reply. Hit me with an at, I'll, I'll respond. I'm always down to have some good conversations, especially on sports, on the Twitters. Also, you can read my work at DKPittsburghSports.com, where I have my Carter's Classroom column, breaking down the X's and O's Monday through Friday. Did even a, a special Saturday edition this past weekend. So get over there right now. You can sign up for just 99 cents. You get a full month of a trial. If you like us, you can stick with us. If not, we thank you for checking us out. But we cover the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, and we cover the University of Pittsburgh better than anyone out there.
0: You can follow my work at Steeler Country on Twitter, and Chris and I will be back tomorrow for more Locked on Steelers.